Jen, it's Monday night, and I know there's something that made you do a spit take. What'd you disagree with this week? Well, this week I figured since the show is going to be a little different, right? We're talking about different drafts, oddities of drafts, formats, whatever. I wanted to kind of talk about how it's so frustrating to draft with people that don't know what they're doing. Like everyone <laughs> thinks that it's tough to draft with a bunch of sharks, a bunch of sharp people, all that. The actual people that just draft willy-nilly are so unbelievably frustrating because you come to a point where you know exactly where you want to get guys and someone that's normally a fifth rounder that goes in the second and you're counting on that situation, super duper frustrating. And I also find it really weird that like, I feel like right now in June, it should be more people that more degenerates, like more <laughs> sharp people should be in these lobbies. But every now and then you get a couple people that. I mean, I had a, good, a dude take DeAndre Hopkins the other night in the second round. I'm like, you obviously are not aware that he has a suspension, right? You're, I'm sure you were psyched that you got him where you got him, <laughs> not knowing what was going on. So, yeah, annoying drafters. I'm not having it right now. I'm with you. When we get to oddities, we'll have to talk a little bit about that because I'm, I'm interested in uh, Chris's take on uh, maybe some of the causes of that uh, at this time of year. But uh, let's save that for a little bit later, and now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles, and with me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing well. Today was a holiday, Juneteenth, and I was able to actually kick back and be productive around the house. Well, to take that back, not around the house because I was outside brewing today, so I was productive for me. Uh, but other than that, no, I'm doing well, and I 100% agree with Jen's like cold open take because I can't stand the people that either don't know what they're doing, wind up going on auto, and the guys that I see that are like falling, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I can kind of plan for that person. They wind up just sniping them just out of sheer dumb luck. Mm-hmm. Tilts me into the upside down. So I 100% agree with you, Jen. Uh, but Jen, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm trying to balance uh, taping the show and watching the game three of the Stanley Cup finals. My Colorado Avalanche are in there. So um, they are currently losing, but I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the show and uh, deal with that after. But other than that, I am good. Brandon, you had today off, I think as well. How, how are you doing? I did. And I uh, snuck in a run amidst all the other house chores that I did today. So it was nice to get a little bit of a workout in because I've been trying this new thing where I don't sleep. I eat terribly. I don't work out and I drink too much. And I'll be honest, I'm not getting the results I was hoping for. <laughs> it's uh you know, it's I feel I feel less energetic and more lethargic and uh, and overweight, and so I've got I'm gonna I'm gonna shift focus a little bit and try to squeeze in a little different plan. But I, I'm doing good. Uh, if you want to be one of the annoying drafters that Jen and Chris uh, hate so much, then uh, go over to Underdog right now and uh, get in on some of that early best ball action. We have a promo code. Uh, you deposit ten dollars in a new Underdog account and you get a deposit bonus match plus a four for four pro subscription so just enter four for four that's four f-o-r four in the promo code box and get you some best ball action uh before we get into our main segment we're going to do kind of a mini segment carried over from last week that i wanted that we didn't get a chance to some bargain shopping in in best ball and then i want to talk like fantasy football oddities it's kind of a dead zone of the off season for fantasy football so i want to talk kind of uh some of our favorite league formats our old league formats our uh, weird ones that freak us out, anything that we've got. But before we get too far into that, the most important thing I want to hear right now is the stat of the week that Chris brought. All right, so I've gone through every single position, at least the main positions for fantasy at this point, from quarterback all the way down to tight end. So I'm just like looping back around, going right back to quarterback this week. And the one thing that I was looking at for today's stat of the week are just the new faces that we see in the top 12 on a year-to-year basis. Like most of them are the same. I would say 75% of the guys that wind up in the top 12 are the same guys that were there the last year. But for the new faces, for this week's stat of the week, for the new faces that are wind up in the top 12 on a on a yearly basis, 23 of the 27 new faces I found going back to the 2012 season, all of them, like 23 of them 20 out of 27, that's about 85%. Either rookies or sophomores. Like that is really like the majority of the guys that we find out that wind up being. And this is not 
Makes sense. Like, this is not like based off of ADP or anything like that. These are guys that wind up finishing in the top 12. And I, I mean, and you're absolutely right, Brandon. And like the more I thought about it, instead of us trying to pigeonhole veterans that we think could be top 12 guys, like I know this year, Derek Carr has kind of been like pigeonholed into like that top 12. But like the guys that are going behind them, whether it be Trevor Lawrence, that there's like there's some budding excitement for them. But it's just we know that at least there's some sort of I guess that either the scheme or the players around them or just their general situation or them learning the position and being in the position for the second year or whatever they are just in their first year because of their rush, rushing ability, whether it's like Kyler Murray, Cam Newton or whomever, like that's always in the realm of possibility. So it's just when I'm looking at some of those guys that we know, especially from a best ball standpoint, could make that leap from, let's say, quarterback 16 to quarterback 10, 11, 12. Those are the guys that we should be looking for, especially if we've seen so many other guys. Again, 85% of those guys like actually wind up in the top 12 after like their first year. So I know I just thought it was pretty interesting. But Brandon, I mean, we've talked about this beforehand. I mean, you are already drafting a ton of Christian Kirk. So I'm assuming, are you aiming for a Trevor Lawrence? Like when you grab Christian Kirk? I am. He's cheap. So uh, I'm I'm stacking Jags. I kind of like that Jaguars-Houston Week 17 correlation. I kind of like that game. Uh, I think it's going to be an underrepresented game in the finals, which is where I hope to be in those best ball tournaments. And I think that, uh, you know, we talked about this uh, before. Doug Peterson could be a bad coach this year, a bad one. And Trevor Lawrence could still get a massive upgrade at the coaching spot because of how chaotic and awful it was last year so also trevor lawrence's receiving core was hurt last year like he was counting on laquan treadwell laquan treadwell was putting up legit fantasy numbers as like a wide receiver three toward the end of the year so this year getting a christian kirk who's as mercurial and inconsistent of a player as you can possibly find but has talent has put up legitimate numbers has been part of uh elite offenses in the past and has been something there um i'm gonna grab that for the for the price i'm not gonna invest in trevor lawrence uh highly in redraft formats i'm not gonna go go after him and build my team around him but as my qb2 in best ball thousand percent i'm interested in trevor lawrence yeah and i think the especially given the, st the statistics or the historical trends it definitely lends itself to a guy like him making that second year leap. And also for folks, I mean, people are super excited about Brees Hall, Elijah Moore. I mean, all of the Jets right now. So theoretically, they should be able to pull a guy like Zach Wilson into at least something that's close to being at least a solid like quarterback from a fantasy perspective. That's just him being competent. So I think overall, it's possible. But Jen, kicking it over to you, at least wanted to look at the opposite side of this because there are some veterans that have actually wound up in the top 12 years after they started whether it was i mean ryan Tannehill actually did it twice ryan Tannehill after switching and going to tennessee but then also when he was in miami and they had like and i mean they had like jarvis landry i think it was his second year if i'm remembering correctly i mean other guys have done it beforehand as well alex smith when tyreek hill like had his first like explosion like into the nfl andy so reed too yeah that andy reed big factor Jameis Winston's like ridiculous season when Bruce Arians first came to Tampa. So it's like, it's possible for veterans to do it. So could I sell you on a guy like Matt Ryan, who is also like fairly cheap, gets a new situation slightly, but let's say slightly is probably too easy. Or let's say slightly better receiving core than what he's working with in Atlanta. I mean, so would you go that route or are, are you like Brandon? Are you aiming for some of those like sophomores or guys, the younger guys that we already at least can project are going to have that leap? You can definitely sell me on Matt Ryan uh, in 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 best ball. I mean, we're talking best ball, right? We're not talking redraft for, for these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll take so, him in redraft. Matt Ryan, really? In a one QB league? Hey, yeah, it's my QB too. Sure, why? All right. Why not? All right. Sure. I'll, I'll be Fine. writing him up a lot, probably, like in a quarterback streaming column. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. And I will. And I will say that. Yeah, you can certainly talk me into Matt Ryan. Um, there's guys that I feel like. You know, someone like a Russell Wilson, I feel like, is someone that, you know, he's switched, right? He's got to be, he's in a different situation. Now, granted, he's not on the lower, you know, realm of things, but people, I think, are still somewhat underestimating him a little bit. Uh, but I will say someone that you cannot really talk me into, uh, in theory, is Carson Wentz. Um, I mean, there are situations, I, I'm currently in a situation right now, I was, I was DMing with Brandon last night, I'm in this uh, FFBC Superflex, and I'm in the 12 spot. 
and I kind of played QB chicken and now I'm screwed. Um, but I play, I played it again last night. And so I'm waiting now to see if Wentz and Mills are the only two guys left and I'm waiting to see if they make it back to me. Um, we'll see. But anyway, so yes, um, Wentz is someone that it's tough. It's tough to convince me that, that he's going to, you know, have that, that top 12 performance. But I think Ryan is, is a guy that I'm definitely willing to go to the well again on a new team. Um, especially because there is, there's a lot of coach speak and a lot of all of that coming out about Ryan, you know, Pittman was, was praising him, the glories of he can hit anything kind of thing. So I'll buy in a little bit on that. Yeah. And I think uh, I'll go ahead, Brandon. I was going to say, does two account as a veteran, as a veteran? I don't see why no. not because at least I mean, the way that I was looking at it, these were, these were guys that at least in their first season had to have played at least half or started in at least half of their games their first year. So like okay. Patrick Mahomes, I still consider him to be at the very least. He was for me a, a considered to be a rookie because okay. in 2018, when he was the, I mean, the quarterback one, he didn't play at all like his rookie, uh, his actual rookie season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Also, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there. If Yosemite Trubisky, if he if he keeps that job, like there's a lot of fantasy points there, and he runs. I there's a world where Yosemite Trubisky finishes QB ten. I'm just there, you think he there really keeps that job the whole That's season? That's the thing. I don't think he does. <laughs> but, yeah, but there's a world where he does, and he and he fish, finishes QB. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm just. I'm a little interested in 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 good old good old Trubs. Can I call him Trubs? You think anyone you calls him Trubs? Call him whatever you want. I like the Yosemite him. one. Yosemite. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just I figure he's just firing. Game. He's just firing everywhere. No, yeah. he's just spraying. <laughs> I mean, if Jameis Winston could go what thirty for thirty, you 30 know, for in, 30. in twenty nineteen, I think it's possible. But I don't know if he'll have the same leash as as Jameis Winston did because like not the same draft capital totally not the same situation so you're right not with Kenny Pickett there no not with Pickett like yeah he probably have to be just absolutely spot on and have like a Peyton Manning Tom Brady like type season for him to retain that job so uh it's it's I mean there's a world uh but the chances of that actually happening are you know probably less than you know not 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 all that great (laughs) but overall Uh, let's uh this this is a great stat. Let's move on. Uh, I want to go to a segment that we cut last week for time. Uh, I just liked it. We all did prep for it, and I want to hear about it. Uh, we were talking early round best ball uh, targets last week. I want to talk about uh, th- these are players who uh, we like more than their ADP. So this is somebody who uh, is going a little later than we would take them, somebody that you really, really like. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to start. I love Najee Harris. I know that he's going ninth, so he's a first rounder. I've got him second. I'd take him second. If it was me, RB2, Najee Harris, I think he's going to keep catching balls. I think he's going to get one of the few running backs that gets 20 plus touches every single game on an improving offense uh, with apparently my guy, Yosemite Trubisky back there. So uh, we also know Trubisky uh, or Trubes. Uh, as 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 I've come to know him, we're good friends now. At this point, we've we've bonded over the past three minutes. And Trubs and I, uh, Trubs has has supported pass catching r- running backs in the past. Uh, Tariq Cohen caught a lot of balls with Trubs uh, at quarterback in in Chicago. So I, I I think there's some precedent there. So that's what I'm doing. Najee Harris, love him. I would take him second. Uh, and and not even think about it behind Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jen, who's somebody that you think is going too low in the early rounds? Well, I would not take him second, um, but he is a, a first rounder as well, and that is Derrick Henry. Um, the hate is like it, it's insane. Like people are just they see the word like half PPR PPR, and it's like Henry is is just like this. I don't know. I, I find it kind of strange. Um, he falls. His ADP is like seven, but I've seen him go, I mean, nine, 10, 11. It's like people just don't want to take him. And when you look at the numbers, it's like, okay, so last year he was RB1 in both half PPR and full PPR points per game, right? He had 23 uh, half PPR points a game and 24.2 full PPR game. RB1, right? He only played eight games. So he was the RB16 overall in half PPR points a game. And he only played eight games. Like, I mean, I don't understand why people, I get it. He doesn't catch as many passes as Eckler and some of these other guys that people are taking. But for some reason, people act like Derrick Henry is just like this guy that is, I don't know. I, I find it uh, I find it funny and I'm cool with it because I'll take it. 
like I said, I'm not going to take him second, but I'm not going to let him fall to nine or 10. Like if, if I'm there at six, seven, whatever, I'm taking him. I'll draft him because I'm afraid he'll find out that I didn't and he'll come yeah, after me. Like I mean, Derek right? Henry is a monster. So. He is. And <laughs> despite the fact that he he's not this pass catching back that everyone salivates over, it doesn't matter because he gets the carries and he's still, you know, he that offense goes through him, period. And I just think that especially now they don't have AJ Brown, like I, they're just gonna they're gonna run the hell out of him this year. And people are scared to take him because ooh, he doesn't catch passes. But I got no problem with it. I'll take it. I'm with you a thousand percent. Chris, who's cool. somebody that you uh, like more than where they're going? Uh, I might be cheating a little bit because I've seen him creep up over the last week or so. But uh, Steph Diggs still for me is one of the like, top receivers in the league. And I know that he finished as like wide receiver seven last season. And if you were to think back on all of the, let's say the Steph Diggs experience, like from 2021, he probably didn't play like the wide receiver seven just because we remember seeing so many chances of him at least really being, let's say like that receiver from 2020 when he first stepped on the field, like with Buffalo and connecting with Josh Allen, blah, blah, blah. But still like Steph Diggs last year, top 10 team air yards, red zone target share, like red zone, uh, like red zone targets per route run, which is an opportunity stat that I track overall targets per route run, like top 10 in all of those metrics first in all of those metrics on his own team. I mean, with all the Gabriel Davis hype, James Cook now the new toy like in Buffalo. Like Steph Diggs is still the man when it comes to the receiving metrics like in Buffalo. And but the real the thing that really changed for uh for Diggs last season was his lack of slot targets. Like it actually like not necessarily cut in half, but it dropped from about 32% down to about 20% between 2021 and 2020. And we saw almost similarly when he was in Minnesota and his role with Adam Thielen swapped. I think that was between the 2017, 2018 season. That's where we saw Adam Thielen become a much larger fantasy receiver, like for our purposes. And Steph Diggs kind of take that more alpha role, like on the team, same thing here. And I get that Buffalo, they've drafted Khalil Shakir, who's like a power slot receiver. They brought in Jamison Crowder. They've got James Cook. They've given all these other options to Josh Allen, like on third downs and in short yardage type situations if he wants to pass. But if Steph Diggs even gets a little bit more like from the slot, because he was actually more efficient out of the slot than mostly other receivers like on the team, we now have like that Steph Diggs of 2020. We ha now have that Diggs of old. He can still create separation with the best of them. So I'm more than willing to take him ahead of most of the other guys that are going to be there uh, like towards the back end of the first because I just think that the attached to that offense, an offense that was third in pass rate over expectation last year, and at least this is a narrative I'm trying to string together, but I'm sure like TJ Hernandez will probably like hate me for this. But there's a world where Josh Allen doesn't run for as many touchdowns because this is the last year of his team-friendly deal before his cap hit, I think, almost triples between now and next year. So if there are more, is there, if there is more passing volume in the red zone, I think Steph Diggs is the one that's going to recoup most of those targets anyway. So Steph Diggs, Robert receiver one for me. I, I can get behind that. It's also very exciting to go after somebody who uh, slips in ADP, even though they finished top 10 last year. So like Diggs right. had a bad year, bad, and yes. finished uh, finished top 10 anyway. Like that's yeah. that's always interesting to me. It's always like you see that dip because he didn't explode, but then you're like, no, 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 he was still good. He, yeah, still very good. I'm with you. I'm buying that. Uh, I like Javante Williams, and I know – uh, I'm talking out both sides of my mouth because I talked a couple weeks ago about how I I, I still like Melvin Gordon. Like, uh, but I think I think both those players are going to produce. I think that as the season wears on, Javante Williams is going to continue to get more touches, and I think that uh, he's better at catching the or I'm sorry, he's just as good at catching the ball. Uh, even though they didn't do that much that much in college, like toward the end of the last season, we saw him. Uh, catching the football a lot. And I think Russell Wilson makes that offense a lot better. So I think he gets more touchdown opportunities than he did last year. So I, I he's going 27th right now. Uh, and I've got like a firm mid-second round grade on him. I'd rather gamble on him than some of the other guys that are going there, especially some of like the questionable receivers. Uh, once you get past those top six or seven that are going in the top 12 picks, then I really like kind of gambling and pulling the trigger on Javante Williams. I really, really like him. I like the talent. I like young, fresh legs at the running back position. And I think that offense is rising and getting better. Uh, Chris, do you have uh, somebody else before we go back to Jen? Uh, again, this is probably cheating as well because I've seen the love start to pour out for at least the situation in Green Bay. But I think Aaron Jones, like while A.J. Dillon, he was actually first in success rate, according to Football Outsiders, like last year. So as a runner, and even as a pass catcher, A.J. Dillon was actually like fairly 
uh, efficient as a pass catcher as well. But the one thing that uh, Aaron Jones still has over him, his connection with Aaron Rodgers, which I know sounds more qualitative than quantitative, but it actually shows up in the numbers. Aaron Jones was 11th amongst all wide res- or all running backs last season in red zone target share. And that, I mean, that changes how like we have to at least think about what he could be like from a fantasy perspective. If he's still, if he's now going to be taking some of those targets, like now with Devonte Adams, like now being in Las Vegas. So well, I think both backs could be productive. It's still Aaron Jones for me. He was at least still efficient as a runner. Very, I mean, he's still productive in the passing game as well. And according to some of the things that I've been reading from not just the beat writers, but also folks that are like the uh, that write about the team, this is actually from Justice Mosqueda, who works for the Acme Packing Company that writes about Green Bay. They're talking about increasing their, uh, their use of two back sets, which is actually something that they sprinkled in last year, where they would have actually just the traditional like two backs with both Jones and Dylan together, like side by side, like flanking uh, Aaron Rodgers. And then they would have then actually Jones like uh, split out wide. And that's where like you would actually see like Jones like either, you know, run like a, you know, a deep post or something like that. And so Jones, he can actually still run those types of routes. He's not catching like those short eight out throws. So if that's still a part of his game and what he can do, I will be more than happy uh, to take Aaron Jones, like where he falls at like early to mid second rounder. I mean, very happy to take him at that cost. You know, and and people knock the A.J. Dillon, and that's fair. Like, A.J. Dillon will get touches. But how many teams don't have an A.J. Dillon, right? Like, all the yeah. teams have. Is that like So all these elite running backs have somebody there that's cutting into their work, and they still produce. They're still great. Aaron Jones is talented, and he's also the most liable person in the league to get four touchdowns in any given week. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, was- like, like we were talking earlier, or was it uh, last week or the week beforehand, to be able to do that, like Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, like start so you can get that week 17 correlation on underdog. I mean, it's just a perfect way to start a draft. I love that pairing. Jen, do you have somebody else before we move on? Um, I do. I'm actually going to pivot. I, I had someone else that I had written down and then I changed my mind because he's actually been been climbing. And so oh, okay. I'm going to pivot. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I won't even talk about him. Um, I am going to go with <laughs> I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. I mean, I think that a lot of people. I mean, he's been climbing a little bit, but I mean, he's still, uh, he's an early fourth right now, I believe. He's going to add wide receiver. Wait, no, hold on. Maybe that was the old guy. Give me a second. <laughs> now I'm like, I have two things written down and I'm probably doing the wrong thing. No, yeah. So he's going wide receiver 26 uh, right now. He is an ADP of 54. So um, I like Cooks. I mean, a lot of people feel like, okay, he's had concussions and whatever, but I mean, he was wide receiver 23 last year in, in half PPR points per game on a really, really horrible Houston team that was a disaster. Davis Mills, we got another year of Davis Mills. I think he's going to be you know, better this season. Uh, hopefully, new staff, new situation, that they will hopefully be a better offense. And Cooks is really the guy. So I feel like you can get a, you know, a team's wide receiver one a little bit later uh, than, than you know, some of the other guys. So I like him. I mean, I'm not – there's times that I've thought about reaching for him and I haven't, but uh, he's, he's a guy that I like and I'll, I'll take him, you know, a little earlier than, than that to make sure I get him. But a lot of he's, he's falling a lot of the times and I think people are kind of writing him off. So I like him. He's had a thousand yards in six of the past seven yeah, years I mean, and like 400 different quarterbacks in that span. <laughs> and he's right. had a bunch yeah. of concussions too during that time and had, you know, it hasn't been a full, he hasn't, I don't know. I don't know exactly how many games he's missed over the years, but. Not many. Wow. He's missed uh, four in the last three years. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, that's, that's it? it. I thought it was more. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, he missed. Uh, he missed several games in uh, 2019 and kind of got buried and had a hard time. Left a lot of games early. That was his down year. But every other year since 2015, he's been uh, at least 100 targets and at least a thousand yards. He's been really, really solid. I, it's just I don't understand why he keeps getting traded. I don't understand why nobody likes him. <laughs> I love Brandon Cooks. I'm with you a thousand percent. Um, let's go to our main topic, fantasy oddities. I just thought it'd be fun to talk about some some fun fantasy od- anecdotes that we might have. Or uh, <laughs> Sal's graphic is making me laugh because it's it's Who from is the that? room. It's from the what... room. Have you seen the yeah. room, Jen? Well, no, but that logo looks familiar to me, but I don't know who that person is. Okay, so this podcast is going to change now because Jen hasn't seen the room. <laughs> we all need to stop while Jen goes to see the room. Chris, is have you like seen the room? Show? Yes, I've seen the room. Okay. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, yes, I, I think I think we all need to stop and watch The Room now. The Room uh-huh. is a uh, historically bad film. And yes. Oh, it's a film. Okay. Comically bad film. There's a movie about the making of The Room. That's what James Franco Oh, I didn't Franco know that. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's called The Disaster Artist with James Franco. So, oh, that's what that's okay. All right. Yeah, it's about the making of the room. It's 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 amazing. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh I, I love movies, so this could this could go very, very far off the rails. So I will stop, but <laughs> but I love uh Sal's graphic. I'm very excited about this. And uh go watch the room because it's awful. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so weird fantasy formats. Um, I just want you know old-timey formats or weird things you've seen or anything that's out there. Jen, I want to start with you. What's uh, what's some weird league formats that you've seen? So I'll, I'll talk about the first league I was in, okay? So my very first league was in 1996 when some of you were probably not even born, sadly. Um, but that was my first league. Uh, it was pretty standard. I don't really remember, like, scoring or format. I don't remember any of that. The one thing that I actually ended up leaving the league, I think I was there for – know maybe just shy of 10 years Um, but i ended up leaving because we had to pay per transaction like not like fob money but like actual real money like you had to put in like (laughs) yeah like you like into the kitty of whoever won the season you had to pay like a dollar or whatever for for every like wire wire and i was like this is like it was bizarre i mean it was when it first started and i think people were just i don't know but and they kept it like they kept that every year after year after year. And I'm like, I'm not paying to pick up a guy because it was just a weird. So that was something that I didn't love about that league. Um, I don't really remember uh, much about that league as far as like scoring and format. I'm sure it was pretty basic. I mean, this was like I said, this was in the 90s. So I'm pretty sure there was no points for any kind of anything else other than like yards and touchdowns. Um, I will say the only other thing I can throw out there that I thought was Weird. It was kind of weird, good and weird, bad. So I was in a league, another longtime league for about 10 years. Um, I'm no longer in that league because it, well, it was a league that I joined with my then boyfriend, now husband. Uh, he had kind of had a falling out. So I had to like, you know, be united front and leave, even though I, I, I was fine with the people. But whatever. Different story. Different day. <laughs> but so a couple of years ago, and I will say that league was very progressive. We had Superflex way. I mean, we're talking like 2003 or four we did superflex like i remember when someone brought that to the league like we thought it was the craziest thing in the world that you could um and then of course it's now so so much more mainstream but one thing that we did do that was kind of interesting it has its positives and its negatives so at the end of the season we would go through week i guess 16 at the time or whatever and then we actually would redraft so the top four teams Everyone that was not in the playoffs, like would go, like the, the people would go back into the kitty. And so the top four teams that made the playoffs would actually redraft based on the teams that are going to the actual real playoffs. And so you had to strategize, like, okay, if you thought it was going to be, you know, a Kansas City 49er, you know, Super Bowl, you're drafting heavy those guys. And um, so it was interesting because it, it extends the, the, the league, right? It extends That's the season, really interesting. Which is cool. But at the same time, if you're the guy that dominates the whole season and then you end up losing because something happened, you know, then you get screwed. So it's kind of a, you know, a double-edged sword. I thought there were things about it that were nice because it extended the season. Um, and, it, you you know, you did get rewarded for having the best season. But at the same time, the guy, you know, if your team was the most dominant, you could still kind of lose because – you're, you know, a team that you banked heavily on lost in the playoffs. So I thought it was kind of interesting. That was kind of the only other really weird league that I've personally played. In. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Chris, any weird oddities that, uh, that you care to share any weird fantasy leagues? Uh, like a couple, I've been in one where after you get to the playoffs, if you're not in the playoffs, your entire roster goes into like your entire roster goes on the wire. Oh, that's but it's, fun. But it's uh, and then afterwards, it's just like a straight uh, normal like waiver wire transactions happen afterwards. So now you are really strategizing throughout the playoffs as to, okay, well, now this running back or wide receiver or whomever that really want is now on the waiver wire. So now there'd be and there were no uh, and that's the only way that you could actually like pick up players like there weren't any like, you know, after what like after waivers process, you can go in and like, you know, pick out however many players that you wanted to afterwards so it's just and that's it so you can only make your two to three uh transactions like on tuesday 
and then after that, that that's it, which will get kind of annoying because you could you can just like watch these teams just get like better and better as to after as other teams are getting knocked out. So I'd be like super pumped because I would draft this like solid team that would get to the playoffs, but then get knocked out after like the you know the first round because this other team happened to pick up this guy that wasn't available to them beforehand. But now because they had like the, you know the higher priority pick or whatever, so it just I don't know. Bug, it, I, I don't know. It, it bugged me to no end. Teams and could I, teams could flip pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like it didn't matter as much like how your league or how your team started off the season. If you just strategize properly, like for the playoffs, then you can wind up like taking out taking down the entire league. So there was that one. There's another one where it wasn't. Uh, it was not PPR, but you did get ten points if your if a wide receiver caught more than 10 receptions oh interesting yeah so it wasn't ppr but it's just you had to wait for your wide receiver to get to 10 receptions in a single game so like me being dumb i sat there and just ran like i read through the uh i read through the rules and i just saw points and then i saw something about receptions and then just in my mind i just glazed over it and i was like oh it's ppr okay fine and then i remember i lost a game and I was like, well, I could have sworn. And I think I had like, let's say Keenan Allen or somebody like that. And I'm just like, oh yeah, Keenan Allen. He had like nine receptions and you know, 60 yards and a touchdown. So like in my head, I'm already calculating it out. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's got to be at least like 21, 22 points. Like, so what's going on? And I look at the box score and he only has like 16 or 17. And that's what cost me my matchup. I'm like, well, what happened? And then I go back read the read the actual rules because he didn't get to that 10th reception. I didn't get the bonus. And I wind up losing. I'm like in the middle of emailing the the commissioner and just like <laughs> you you know, always I, have I, to know the rules, I, Chris. You know, I've got this. I've got this down. I know that this, I know I'm right. I've done the math. Like I'm an engineer. Like I know what I I know this is right. That's rule and number then, one, Chris. You got to know the scoring. I like yeah. the idea that Chris starts every email with "I'm an engineer." Yeah, I, I know. know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I, I know do math. it. That's a, Every 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 email that I write, I'm an engineer first yeah. and foremost, so I know that I'm right. No, that is not how I do it, folks. It's not, that's not me. Look, uh, yeah. Sizzler, I and, all you can eat means all you can eat. I'm an engineer, exactly. I know that's, what it means. That's 100 correct. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sitting there typing out the email, and then I was like, well, just to be certain that I'm not going to sound like an idiot, like once this person reads it, let me check the rules. And then I happened to see that part. I was like, oh my God. Like I, I, I screwed it. up. I screwed up my draft. I just <laughs> I'd made so many decisions that I shouldn't have. That's and, an interesting yeah. uh yeah. scoring though. You know? I've seen yeah. a lot of those like bonus scoring uh leagues. Have you seen like the uh you know bonuses for 50 yard touchdowns, bonuses for 30 yard touch, bonuses for long field goals, bonuses for different things like that? Those are always interesting formats to me. Um I, I don't play in any of them, actually, but I'm not opposed to it. Uh, Jen, are you in any of those leagues? Um, I think maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. I mean, I'm in I'm in two kind of long-term-ish uh, redraft leagues, and they're both pretty standard. Uh, I will say, so we have a ladies' league that has been two years now. This will be the third years. That is uh, run by Liz Loza as the commish. Um, it's super fun. It's a 14 lady super flex. Um, it does not mess around. It's, it's, it's cutthroat. And I'm trying to think I, the scoring, I can't remember the scoring. I do know it's super flex and I do know that it's, it's no joke. Uh, and it's, it's fun. Obviously I love, love getting with the, uh, the fantasy ladies. Uh, but I don't know about the bonus thing. I do like, I mean, this is not anything crazy, but I do like, I like the points per first down league. I'm definitely a fan those of are that. Fun. I, think yeah. it's, I think it's fun to kind of mix that up. Uh, and I do like all those. Like I like the eliminator leagues. I've never played in like a true like guillotine league, one of or like the vampire type leagues. Um, I've never played in those, but they seem kind of fun. It's hard. It's like we're at a point, at least for me, I'm already in enough leagues like with my workload and whatnot that I want to add, but I like the leagues I'm in, so I don't really add. So I've kind of been in the same – you know, that's why best ball is great. And that's why all those like those eliminator leagues and, you know, those are great because they're fun. You can draft now and they're a different strategy. Um, do either of you guys. Oh, yeah, Chris, you actually played in my eliminator this year, right? The, yeah, those are those are really fun because it's like kind of like for those of you that don't know, they're these leagues where it's basically like any position. It's a free for all. So 
Yeah, like um, no requirements, no roster requirements. Right. So you and interesting. Then this, yeah, and so this year you can only do. I think you can only start two quarterbacks. I think or or not. It's not you can start because it is best ball. So it'll only take and then everything else. So and this year they did the scoring super crazy so that defenses get a lot and kickers get a lot. So defenses were actually flying off the board. Like all thirty two defenses were gone by the whatever round, you know, and, and everyone I did. So it's kind of fun because the strategies are endless. Because if it's it's a free for all. So some people, and it was tight end premium. So some people just went straight up tight ends and defenses only the whole time, you know, and there's 17 teams in each one. So there's a lot more. And so those are kind of fun. I like those only if they're best ball, I don't have to deal with them later, you know, cause it's just like <laughs> in season, there's just too much going on for that. Mm -hmm. So um, I do like when you mix it up, especially, you know, I mean, this will be my 26th or 27th season playing fantasy football. So it is fun to kind of, you know, mix it up it is you mentioned vampire leagues i've been in vampire leagues um i've been in vampire leagues that are supposed to be dynasty but they never seem to last like each time uh we always end up losing too many managers and then uh, the league folds so i've been in three vampire leagues and they are fun i haven't been the vampire yet but the way that works is uh basically one manager doesn't draft and they have to fill their team off the waivers and they get waiver priority in that first week uh, but then the rest of the season, everything works regular, except if you lose your head to head to the vampire, they get to pick somebody off your roster. And then at the end of the so season, so how do you know who the vampire is and who loses the year before? Or how, how does that? I never got to year two, so I don't, don't know. know. Oh. <laughs> it was always randomized, but I know that in the leagues I went into, it was always an argument. Like everybody wanted to be the vampire. So, because, uh, uh, it, it, you know, it adds such a different challenge. But those are kind of fun league, for, uh, kind of a league format. Chris, have you played in one of those? No, but the way that you're describing it, yeah, I would much rather be the vampire because because you already know going into it because of the way your roster is constructed that you're probably going to lose a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I would much rather be the vampire and lose versus drafting normally and then losing to the vampire because then I'd be mad because I lost to, a, let's say, a, a weaker team. And on top of that, I'm losing one of my players. Oh, I just shut it down. I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going. I'm not making any more waiver claims. I'm out of this league. This league's stupid. I'm out. I mean, if you I lose to it. Yeah, if you lose to a team that their entire roster is off the waiver wire after week one, like that's you can't. I mean, that's bad. That's well, like what losing to is like week three. Yeah. Week three, you know, you'll have your quarterback goes out in the first quarter, gets hurt, uh, goes out in the first quarter. You get just demolished, and then uh, and then they end up suddenly getting Patrick Mahomes off you, or so they suddenly end up getting oh, on Diggs, and then yeah. you're like, well, my team sucks now. Yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. Um, Jen already talked about uh her first fantasy league. My first fantasy league is also my league oddity. Um, I'm still in it. It was 1994, Jen. So wow, uh, okay, uh, yeah, I was 13 years old, and oh. it was my dad's work league, which was great. It was we didn't even know to call it fantasy football at the time. We just called it the football pool, right? And uh, it's it's a weird league. We've kept most of the rules. We've expanded rosters, but that's it. We um, it, it's a yardage league, so you get a point per yard. <laughs> so that's, that's it. Uh, yeah, so you get a you get you get sixty points for a touchdown and a point per yard. So, uh, yeah. So so scores are like <laughs> astronomical. Points, yeah, right. Like two thousand points is a good is a good week, right? That's how it goes. So how do you um, keep scores? Is there a software that allow, I guess does ESPN allow you to make those changes, or how do you do that? Probably, but I've been doing it by hand since nineteen ninety four. Wow! And so I just have an Excel spreadsheet. You know, they have things hand. now called the internet and computers. I know, but it's fun. All that stuff. For it's you. fun. We don't do anything online. We get together in person. Uh, COVID's made that a little tougher, so we do. Um, we do something over 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 uh, Zoom or Skype now, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun. And then the other the other wrinkle to it is uh, you can't drop and pick up players. So you draft thirty at the beginning of the year, and then uh, if the only way you can replace players is if somebody goes on IR. So if somebody goes on IR, you can replace somebody with the same position. Uh, but that's it. That's the only way you replace players. Dude, you you've been 30 sandbagging players? over 30. here. You have like the most oddity league of ever. You know, he lets Chris and I <laughs> so talk how, about like whatever. How many stuff. teams? Is that like an eighteen <laughs> league or it's an many? eight team league? Um, and okay. that's why we we start a lot of players because of that, right? So okay. we start two quarterbacks, 
two running backs, three receivers, two flex, two kickers, and a defense. That so, is wild. Um, you should just led with that. Like, oh my gosh, that's the wildest <laughs> league I've ever heard of. One of the most interesting things about it is because it's a point per yard, right? Quarterbacks mm-hmm. like Lamar Jackson doesn't have an edge on Tom Brady, right? Right. Yeah. Because his rushing yardage, he gets the same amount of points as his passing yardage. Um, so that's an interesting thing. So when we do our quarterback rankings, uh, I always have to kind of evaluate Tom Brady, Matt Stafford. Those guys are going to be more valuable than Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, and all that. It's 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 a lot that's of fun. Crazy, Brandon. I mean, I remember, so, you know, obviously I started in 96 and we had to do all that stuff by hand, but yep. that was a long time ago when we'd have to get the paper and then you have to oh, sit yeah. there and rush down to get the USA today. Yeah. And you also had to call, like, we had to call in our lineups to the commissioner. Uh-huh. Like you had to call and be like, okay, I'm starting this guy. I'm starting nope. this guy. I'm starting this guy. So I've, no, only read about, we, I've only read about leagues like this. Because there we wasn't also, even yeah. like email or anything. Like you couldn't even do it that way, even if you want, you know what I mean? There was no other way than to physically huh. pick up a landline and call right. and call I, in your lineup. And I think we, we had to, to have lineups in Friday night. Like I don't think we were allowed yeah, to, I feel to like, make changes. So. Yeah, I, because there was no, yeah. Well, there was no Twitter like, either. So like yeah, you're, there just was kinda, no inactive, yeah, you're just yeah, watching football and like, yeah, suddenly they're like, your quarterback's hurt. You're like, what? Yeah, like, I, I mean, remember how would actually, she, like, God, it's crazy. Yeah, you yeah. would never been able to know, like, if there's any like last minute injuries or anything like that. You would never be able to make roster changes. You're going off like, Thursday's injury report, yeah. and that it was, was in it. its infancy anyway, so no one was like super into it like it is now. There well, wasn't data, yeah. there was no stats. Like, we just it's all just... I thought about as a teenager, which uh, is telling, and and I don't know how comfortable i am sharing that now that it's out of my mouth but um, well, i was i was yeah. already in my 20s at that point when i started fantasy <laughs> football so um for me it was a little different but yeah we used to another thing that i can throw out there as far as an, an old lady old timer so our draft so i did a draft it was with my friends from college but we had already graduated from college so i was living in denver we were kind of all over the country so for those of you that remember the landline remember you had the three-way calling you would like push oh, yeah. the button so we would do it, each of us. Someone would do someone else, and someone would do someone else. Oh, so we had yeah. 12 of us, or it might have been a 10-team league at that time. We were all on, like, three-way calling around the country, and that's how we did our draft. I'll take I'll take yeah. so-and-so. We were on the phone for, like, five hours doing right. this draft because it wasn't online. Like, we, you know, that was the only way to do it. I don't even remember how we had cheat sheets. or I think, well, we got the magazines, I guess is what it was. Back so, like, if somebody yeah. accidentally got disconnected, did that disconnect, yes, like, eight you, people? You know, <laughs> probably. I don't know. But it was that. I mean, that was the way we did it. And we yeah. liked it that way. You guys yeah. remember that? Saturday Night Live? Oh yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember my, my league was so nice uh, when I joined the military. I was out, and uh, they would get together still, and they'd call me when it was my pick and tell me who was picked. And oh then wow! I, so that I just had to have my pick ready. Now uh, it's so. like screw you, Brandon. You're out. You're not. Like, you're, nope, you're getting auto drafted. Yeah, that's the way it goes now. But it's yeah, uh, yeah it was a lot of fun. Chris, what was your first fantasy league? So my first fantasy league. So this is completely different from both of you because I didn't start playing fantasy football until 2012. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the very first guy that my first pick was Ray Rice. Uh, So I still actually had like, you know, one good season in him before, but I didn't know anything about strategy or roster construction or anything like that. So I just happened to pick up I think one of the guys that was in the league, he picked up an ESPN magazine and I thumbed through it after he thumbed through it and already knew who he was going to pick. But I had like the 102 or something like that. I think I had to have been like a fairly high draft pick. Sure. Yeah. Rice was going high then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So after that, but I didn't know how to actually build a proper roster. So I think I had Ray Rice and maybe like one or two other running backs. And then I didn't get a quarterback until like almost my very last pick. So like my team was just absolute trash. It's like how to balance a roster, like none of those things. I had like no idea. And that's actually how I caught the bug because my team was so terrible. And I literally lost to a guy that I think it was one of their good years. He, uh, one of the guys in my league, he just drafted nothing but New England players. That was it. Didn't care about ADP, nothing. If you're a New England player, goes on your roster and he won. Because I think that was a, I, I forget I thought that was the season. Did they win the Super Bowl? Yes, you just take a loss on the bye week and like, yeah, right. he didn't care. And so that was yeah. his strategy. And everybody saw after like his fourth pick, are you just taking New England players? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, oh well, you're just gonna <laughs> lose on their bye week. He's like, so what? It's just their bye. Yeah, it's just their bye. 
like I'll lose all my players, have them all back, and I think they're going to be a good team this year. So I'll just draft all those guys, and he won. Nice. Like, yeah. There's no way that could work. So was yeah, his team name Gronk sixty nine? I feel like it yeah. had to be. Totally. I think it was Gronk something, but like, yeah, yeah it was just like stuff like that where it was like, there's no way that these strategies should work, but I don't know why they are. So that's actually why I caught the bug. Like, why are these people beating me? Right. I can't like, believe my... your first year was 2012. That's crazy. Um, that's fun. That's, that's, that's like fun. yesterday. Yeah. I know. It, like, I feel bad because you you hear all the other analysts and folks that has been in this industry for literally decades, like both of you guys that have been playing fantasy football or grew up playing Madden. I never did any of that stuff. I was never into like Madden or like, I just liked the uh, like analytical aspect of this game. And that's why I do the stuff that I do nowadays. But yeah, that's just, I don't know, a different path for me to get to where I'm at. It's fun. All the, all the paths are fantastic. I love it. I, uh, Jen, what was your first pick? Do you remember your first pick? I do. It was Ricky Waters. Ricky Waters. I love it. I love it. Uh, Uh, Mine was Steve Young. I had the first pick in the draft that year. And uh, and Ricky Waters was the first pick as well. Okay. In the, in the draft in 96. Yeah. Yeah. I had Steve- no idea what I was doing though. Like I remember I, I, I actually shared a, uh, a team with a friend of mine. He's like, Hey, come do this fantasy football with me. I was like, what? All right, fine. You know? Um, and I had, I had absolutely no idea what we were doing, but we had the first pick and I do remember taking Ricky waters. And I don't think, I don't think we were very competitive. I don't remember. Um, but then the next year I was like, I'm getting my own team. Like I'm on my own. Yeah, I remember I I did terribly my first year. Steve Young was my first pick. He panned out, but then I took uh, Ronald Moore. You probably don't remember him. Phoenix uh, Car- Phoenix Cardinals at the time. Phoenix uh, Cardinals. Yeah, wow. he he had a great rookie year and, and then in '93, and then stunk the rest of his career. So I took him, thinking he was going to be the the upstart running back, and then I took the the veteran receiver Gary Clark. Uh, who was also with the Cardinals. Apparently, I liked the Cardinals at the time. Uh, mm. Gary Clark, long-time Washington You know, receiver. ironically, and, uh, didn't do much. <laughs> I don't know if you can see behind me. This uh, There's a draft board there. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, it is actually from 2012, Chris. Oh, oh wow. That's amazing. I, yeah. Well, I had it. I'm going to grab I had it up here for uh, for this. I was hoping we'd actually be able to see it a little better, but we can't. But anyway, this is this is my original draft board from, from 2012. Huh. I love uh, that you have this. This makes me very I happy. Have, I have I have a ton. I, I have front and back. I have about seven or eight of them from every season. Uh, yeah. So I, I love that so mine. much. That yeah. makes me very happy. Does it have um, any of Chris's picks on it? I don't know. <laughs> My first pick that year was Stephen Jackson. I can. I have Stephen Jackson, Peyton oh, yeah. and Matt Schaub. Because, like I said, it was a super flex. So. When did okay. Ray Rice go? What pick was Ray Rice? Um. Let's see. He might have been kept because this was a keeper league. Oh, so. keeper okay. league. Okay, that would right. be. Let me see if I can find Ray Rice on here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even see. Oh, here he is. If you can see. Oh, hold on. Let me. Mirror. He was kept. So he oh, was, he was uh, kept. Okay. So he was a six rounder from 2011. Ah, okay. That was, that was kept. Gotcha. That makes sense. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Keeper leagues are all kind of fun. I love the variations that we have with keeper leagues, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's you you keep one player and that's it. There's you keep three players right. and that's it. And then it. you they, you yeah. lose a round each yep. each year. There's yeah, the losing mm-hmm. rounds. Yeah. There's the you can only keep them for three years. There's the you keep them, uh, but you have to give up a round ahead or two rounds ahead or whatever the case may be. Um, any any weird keeper league rules that you can think of or what any keeper leagues that you've played in, Jen? No, it was just that one, and it was it was just your basic. You got to keep. I think we kept two players, and then every year it went up a round, and then you, and then once they maxed out at round one, you couldn't keep them anymore. Okay, I think that, that, I think that was pretty much that. That makes nothing, sense. Nothing too crazy. I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed it, but right now I'm not in any of it or keeper. Mm-hmm. I uh, my my last keeper. I'm in a lot of dynasty. I've kind of gone into dynasty, but uh, my last keeper league uh, died a couple years ago. But I, I I remember it because I had Christian McCaffrey as like a tenth rounder that I was able to keep Those for, are great. Oh, yeah. for like Man. two or three years. My team yeah. was the Christian side hugs, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Chris, any uh, are you in any keeper leagues or are you just dynasty now? Yeah, no, a couple of keeper leagues, and it's been the same way. It's like wherever you keep them from, like they just their cost advances like around like each year i don't i forget if we've got a max or not the the max three years as a keeper does ring a bell i guess i'll have to figure that out because it's about that time of year like where we start to having that discussion it's like around like the you know mid or the mid july ish like time frame where we at least like talk about keepers and then maybe a couple weeks after that's when we're talking about like setting up the draft so it's yeah it's almost that time 
Nice, nice. I, uh, um, it's interesting for trades too, like mid-season mm-hmm. trades, because you trade and you're like, oh, I'm not doing very well, but maybe I should trade this. I've, I don't have any keeperly years left, and yeah. uh, this guy does, and uh, yeah, that's always kind of interesting. Uh, we have we've gone our time. Um, I, this is fun. I could sit here and just chat with you uh, both about uh, weird fantasy leagues that we've been in. I could also sit and do uh, uh, the room discussion for another three hours. I could absolutely do that as well. I'm, I'm going to say hi, Mark, uh, as as a as a little nod to that movie just for fun. Um, but uh, I do want to say I want to add punters to one of my leagues. I think that would be fun. I've never played in a punter league. I feel like you could do like touchbacks as negative and uh, net yardage or something, whatever, inside the 10, whatever. Uh, any last thoughts from our list that uh, we didn't get to that you wanted to come up with, Jen? No, I'm, I'm good. I think, we, uh, I think we did a good smattering of, of league talk. Yeah. Chris? No, I think we've hit them all. Well, actually, take that back. The only other one that I've heard – uh, a number of folks be a proponent of is just like how you structure your playoffs around. It's like based not just off of like points, but it's like if I remember correctly, it's like top four, top five, like get in based on your wins, but then you reserve a slot like for uh, like if you have like the most points, like total points, like uh, throughout the entire season. So like I like that. Record. So yeah, yeah, I, I've I've actually started incorporating that like into my league so that. Record, of course, is like one of the big things. But if your team has has been good and scoring a number of points, you should. I think that to me that makes the most sense. And so that's one that's one rule that I've been trying to like put into my leagues. That's fun. I like. Yeah, that. there's I nothing that worse idea. than like being like second or third in points and being yeah. in like eighth or ninth place. It's brutal. Yeah, it's that's it's so tilting. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about doing was um a team quarterback. I wanted to see what you guys thought of that. A team quarterback instead of I drafting. Like that. That, I yeah. like it because then you don't get just screwed when your quarterback goes out in like the first quarter. Yeah, I think you that know? that's one of the ones I like versus I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't be a proponent of like team running back or team wide receiver or anything like that. But team quarterback, like if your guy goes down in like the first quarter, like You're let just me screwed. at least. Yeah, let me just at least get the points for that game. And then because on top of me losing my guy and I'm losing my matchup. I now have to find another quarterback on top of that. So just like, I don't know, you're kicking me while I'm down. Mm-hmm. What do you I think about re- that, Jen? I like it. I, I like yeah. it a lot, actually. Um, it just reminded me though, when you said team, I just remembered I was in a league once where we drafted a coach. Like, so oh, that's basically, interesting. Uh-huh. basically if, if that team wins, you get, you know, you get a point or 10 points or whatever it is, you know, you draft a coach for the season. Um, I guess, you know, Obviously, you're going to draft a coach on a team that is expected to win a lot, but it just adds, you know, another little flavor to the mix. I, I forgot. I, I did. We did that once. That's a fun wrinkle. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll uh, we'll end this. Uh, I we didn't get into IDP, but we'll have Mike Wollert on at some point this off season, and and we'll talk just like a whole. Chris and I are not not meant for that. That realm. yeah, a whole sticky no. IDP episode. I love IDP, so uh, we'll we'll get into that at some point. Uh, thank you so much, Chris and Jen. Always a pleasure. Uh, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can follow us on Twitter at the Monday Mommy at Chris Allen FFWX and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day.